You guys can have a seat. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. Thanks for worshiping with us. You know, there's nothing better. There is nothing better. There's a lot of good things that happened. Even last night, the Arizona Wildcats won their, their Pac-12 championship last night. But there is nothing better than sitting here with family. I consider you guys family. I'm sorry about that. If you guys, if you're like, I don't want you as my brother, I, I'm sorry. I consider you family, and I'm so grateful to be in this house and that during this time and being able to worship with you guys and sing and just stand with you shoulder to shoulder. It's just awesome. So thank you. As Kurt mentioned, I'm a little bit under the weather, so I'm going to have this up here with me uh, today. Uh, I'm getting better. I, I feel a lot better than I, than I did the last couple of days, but uh, I think that's just the Lord, you know, doing what he does, helping me through, and uh, knowing that today, uh, looking around the room, looking just at all these people here, I was thinking to myself, you know, it's spring break. I know a lot of people are out of town, and here you guys are. Here we are together, and maybe you're leaving this afternoon, or maybe you're leaving uh, tomorrow or whatever, but the, word, the, Lord, the Lord has a word for us this morning. Amen? Amen. Hey, so when I was 15 years old, I don't know if you guys knew this, some of you guys probably did, and, and I have some friends that could attest to this, but when I was 15 years old, me and my friends started a band. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was like one of those bands that's super... Uh, Super typical of a 15-year-old. You know, we played in my, bu- my buddy's basement. And uh, I actually have a picture of me on the drums. And uh, yeah, there, uh, there I am at 15. Uh, contrary to what you see there, there were no drugs being taken. Uh, uh, <laughs> I am just focused. Just focused. And we had a hit song. And our song, uh, we had a hit song called <laughs> Revolution. And you know I can tell you it was a hit song because there's not another song in the world called Revolution. We were innovators. <laughs> so, we're innovators. Uh, no, but I played drums in this band at age 15. Never was taught how to play drums. Still don't know how to play drums. But uh, we, we played in this band. And we got, you know, got a guys together, played the school talent show. Uh, played, a, played a little club called Club Jesus. <laughs> Kurt remembers this. It was a small little venue that we used to go to church at. And uh, all these bikers would come in there and play <laughs> music. And they had fog machines. And we thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Uh, but no, there's, uh, there's me. And I, like I said, I, I still don't really know how to play drums. I just act like I did. Uh, but once I got into uh, church and I started, started going into ministry, I started uh, sitting with Josiah quite a bit. And Josiah taught me a lot about technology. Um, He's just a really talented dude. He uh, introduced a metronome to me, which, which he would call a click track. And uh, go ahead and play that metronome. Okay, you guys hear that? So this is a metronome. And basically what I would do is he'd have, or I'd, I'd sit behind the drums and you have this sound in your ears. No one else could hear it, but this sound was in your ears. And you'd play and this would keep you on rhythm. Well, I was horrible at it. You could turn it off. I was horrible at it, so to me, it wasn't, it, I thought I could play the drums until I heard that in my ear, and I had to keep actual rhythm and time. I was terrible. I can't play with the metronome. I can't, so therefore, that begs the question, was I actually able to keep time? Was I actually able to keep rhythm? Could I actually play the drums well if I couldn't play with the metronome? Or was I just good enough to get by? 
I could, I, I, maybe I looked okay behind the drums. Didn't sound all that great, but hey, it passed. And we wrote songs and had fun. But was I ever just, was I ever in tune with the rhythm? Or was I just getting by? Early on in our, uh, in our Bible, God initiated a cycle. Initiate a cycle of rhythm in our lives. In Genesis, we see that he created for six days, and then on the seventh day, he rested. This was his cycle. So he created for six days, and on the seventh day, he took a Sabbath. It was called, he named that seventh-day Sabbath, which simply means to cease. The rhythm was based on the number seven, and and, in Leviticus chapter 25, we see that that God applied this to the land as well. Uh, For six years, God's people worked the land. However, during the seventh year, those who worked the land were, were to cease their work for a full year. This was called the Sabbath year. So they would work for six years, and on the seventh year, they would just stop their work, and rest. This sounds super countercultural, if you ask me. To a nation that depended on their agriculture uh, for its existence, how could they afford to stop harvesting every seventh year? It would compromise their survival. It was such a risk. Simply, it didn't really make sense. And But to maintain the health of the land and of the people, God ordered rest. He ordered it. This is obviously, to me, when I I think about this and I look at this, this is obviously an exercise in trust. Do you follow me even when I ask you to do the hard things? Do you follow me even if it means I might lose money or lose crops or lose on the bottom line? I may miss out on the potential of something. I may miss out on the the onset of something if I was to take this rest. But do you trust me? God's asking. Do you trust in the rest that I have for my people, for my creation? As you know, as we all know, resting and living with margin is a challenge. But it means keeping with the rhythm that God created for our lives and the Sabbath, when he says in this, I mean, this is the Ten Commandments. Observe the Sabbath, keep that day holy. I think if we look at that, I mean, I don't know of very many other of those Ten Commandments that I break more often than that one. One of the more frequent ones that I break is resting Keeping the Sabbath holy. God calls the one who refuses to work lazy. 
God calls the one who refuses to rest disobedient. I'm going to say that again. He calls the one that refuses to work lazy, but he calls the one that refuses to rest disobedient. I think he's pretty serious about this. We're going to take a look at some scripture today. You can follow along in the word. If you want to turn to Luke chapter 10, you can follow along and we're, we're going to kind of dive into a story that many of you might not already know. And uh, just, here's the thing with these stories. I mean, the Bible is chock full of stories that we've heard before, amen? It, it's, it's chock full of great stories, inspiration. And if they come across a story that you have already heard, to me that's an opportunity to see things through a different lens. To see things a different way. And so for us, as we look at this story of Mary and Martha in chapter, uh, verse 38. Perhaps you find yourself in the shoes of one of these ladies in the story. We're going to set this up. There, this is that Jesus was walking along and outside of Jerusalem, about seven miles outside of Jerusalem, the town of Bethany. And in Bethany, there was a house of Lazarus, Mary, and Martha would live at. And he would find rest and respite at this house. Jesus would stop by. And to get away from the crowds, 